0: Welcome to Death Row. Like we always do about this time. Ha ha ha! I'm gonna fight your fucking ass! You don't got, you're playing touch your butt with that dork in the park. Ah, uh, there's a little snake in the grass. Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. No, fucking Jesus, people. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody.
1: Hey, Tosi, are you still so
0: there? I'm back. Who the fuck is that guy? Break out the red panties. Well, Rich Baby i would like to introduce
1: welcome to the ma 4 money show episode five yes five we are halfway to being back on itunes to be more convenient for you guys to listen to uh this is bob Voss at MA state of mind on twitter your favorite garbage man a myriad of other things. If you want other nicknames or anything, you can call me for free to slide into my DMs. Actually, please don't. I don't want to get weirded out later. Uh, I am here with my co-host, Mike Copenhaver. He's at Don't Cope, Just Win on Twitter. This is a newer account, so please give the man a follow, get him back to his previous greatness follower account. He also mans the MMA for Money official account, and that's a great thing to follow because not only does it share out our show, it shares out picks from a number of guys who are also linked to the website. So if you're looking for a lot of action on a fight card, not just our one to three bets, we typically give out that's the thing to follow. We're just going to jump straight in to the UFC Tampa recap. and Just go into it so we can get done for the night and give you guys all the info you could possibly need. So kicking off, not the entire fight card, but the first fight we're going to follow. Davis and Figueredo made quick work of Tim Elliott. In the first round, knocking him square down and then subbing him, that was Mike's bet on the card, and that won us one unit. Mike, how do you feel about that pick, that fight, and just Figueredo's performance in that like minute or two where he demolished?
0: Oh uh, man, I, I just I nothing. I don't. I, there's nothing I love more than a win, getting a win for the team and then calling a fighter that to to do what exactly what he did. We knew that the striking was in Davidson's uh, favor and then his jujitsu was better than uh, Tim Elliott's. So I, I just I had hundred percent confidence in that pick. I can't believe the line that we got him at for the the how fast he just dismantled Tim Elliott. And I just, you know, stoked that the you know, the betters got a uh, the cashier bets.
1: Yeah, so Figueroa's is looking like a bright, shining light at 125. There's not many t- contender to speak of other than Joseph Benavidez, as much as Cejudo isn't necessarily defending right now. Whenever he does, more and more contenders are starting to build up. Now, then the second fight we're going to cover was my bet on the card, and it was Ryan Spen versus Devin Clark. I finally got my sweet, sweet revenge over Devin Clark and the money he cost me for Darko. Uh, lucky for me, though, uh, I was telling Mike off air that the odds were slightly different because I was eyeing that KO prop for span, something fierce. But then I saw that into distance was even cheaper, neither of which being plus money. And then him straight wasn't much different than that. And I'm, I'll say it right now I'm not the best with props. So I went with him straight. Uh, he got that sub in round two and he won us. And if you followed, you uh, also won another unit. So these were their first two bets on the card. They happened in quick succession, and we got that money early. So, Mike, how do you feel about, because I know you too lost money on Darko when we bet him versus Devin Clark. How out was this, like, sweet, sweet vengeance when, when you saw Clark go down?
0: Oh, definitely, man. I mean, you you know how it is when we take a loss, and first thing that I do is I, I think about, I'm coming back. I'm going to get you one day. And this is finally the you know, the day and it came pretty quickly, thank God for us so that we could catch the bet. And uh Ryan Spann is he's a big lanky dude and he he utilized that reach that we talked about he had over Devin Clark and uh just performed really well. I just I, I was so stoked that both of our picks won by sub so quick.
1: Oh yeah, that was crazy. Um <laughs> sorry, I always laugh when I talk about Eric Anders because he fought exactly the way we picked he would fight and for that exact reason why we weren't going to bet him. Now, he won. He won a split decision over Gerald Mearshart, but he did what he does, man. He is the better athlete. He's faster. He's more explosive. He's all the characteristics you could put on him, but he lets things slip away. He looks for big moves, and when they're not there, he just paces It's why we, as a rule, don't bet the man. And he very nearly lost this fight with how close it was. It just took one more judge, and he would have lost it. So there you go, Anders. You got the win. Now everyone's going to remember that you are an inactive fighter at times, and you're not going to be at such a big favorite price next time out until you get one of your early first to second round KOs over a bum and then they overvalue again. So I guess we'll wait till the fight after that one before we load up on you next time. Um, Mike, how'd you think about Anders wonderful performance and I guess how close Gerald Mershart was actually to winning.
0: Uh, it was exactly how we said it. I just can't be trusted. I actually thought the Merchart, oh I had him just edging it, but it was what it was. Um, Ah oh, man, I I just, I both of them are garbage to me. So I, I can't wait for to bet against both of them.
1: No, no, absolutely. Now UFC favorite, new mom, somewhat face of the division, Mackenzie Dern received her first professional loss against Amanda Rebus. Now I picked Mackenzie Dern going into this fight. It's a little bit of trepidation, but I, I still picked her. So I own that uh but mike has always been high on amanda rebus and has actually won money on her in the past and he picked her in this fight so mike Mike, i'm going to give this uh breakdown to you since clearly i called this fight wrong um how well do you think amanda rebus did um thoughts on her performance on a whole and actually who would you even like to see her fight next
0: well amanda rebus she's she's amazing to me um Mackenzie Dern is really good. She she has, but she only has one good punch, and that's a right hand. So for Amanda Rebus, it was really easy for her to sit back and wait for that, for Mackenzie Dern to throw a right hand, and then she could counter. And not only just counter with punches, she was throwing kicks too, and uh, has a great jujitsu game. And a couple times was deep into Mackenzie Dern's guard, and was possibly could be into some trouble. And seem to just go through pretty smoothly. So the the skies, the sky, she has a pretty high ceiling. And so I, I, just, I can't, I'm, I'm looking forward to see her in the future. Um, off the top of my head, I can't think of a matchup that uh, I'd like to see her uh, face. But no matter who she gets thrown in there with, she has way a way more diverse striking than most of the women in any division. And that's where I like women's MMA a lot to bet. And I always, that's why I found Amanda Rebus as someone that I would bet a while back. Is that you can easily see the gap between the striking and women uh, a lot easier than men nowadays. Men have grown and, gone, and come so far and advanced in their striking. Not saying that men are better than women, but they just have had more time in each division to learn and to adapt to their striking. So I, I think, that uh, it's Amanda Rebus uh, showed you that. So if you ever look for an edge in women's MMA, I, I, you look at the jujitsu, the, the belt ranking, and then I look for the more aggressive, diverse striking, not some flat-footed one-punch.
1: Mm, apologize for that pause. There was a yawn there. Moving on. So every once in a while, you get a fight card. And this goes for just about anyone who consistently picks fights, bets or picks. Every once in a while, you get a series of fights or fight cards or even just one fight card where everything's going your way. It would be that night that if you bet every single lean that you had, you would have made an absolute killing. This is one of those fight cards. Even just talking off air on here, like this is one of those few times that you get where nearly every fight, I say nearly every fight because, yes, we did did miss one that we talked about. And we'll move on to that one in a bit. But if you go back and listen to our breakdown and then you watch all the fights that we've talked about that have happened thus far in our recap, and even more so this next one I'm going to talk about, we call them to a tee. I'm, I'm sorry to bring it up, and I don't mean to feel like I'm gloating or anything like that, but these are few and far between when you just feel like you it's like you're hitting net, you get into that flow zone. So here's hoping that we can carry this from this event and move this on to the next event that we're going to talk about later and just get a real good heater going for you guys. So what made me want to have that little diatribe there is the, the, even just the next fight, okay? So this was Nico Price. Up kick KOing James Vick in round one. Now we didn't say he was gonna win via an up kick KO. I I will say that. <laughs> but because that's such a low percentage finish, go team. But if you know much about Nico Price and his ability to KO guys from any position, because he's going for it at every position. He's even knocked out a guy while he was hammer fisting from bottom. But we called this one too, James Vick. Uh, He hasn't been able to secure some of the weaknesses he currently has. He went up to 170, which he should have done, but then he goes against a guy that has 170 ending power after coming off of two KO losses himself, James Vick, that is. And dude got absolutely destroyed with that shot. He went down bad. The camera even panned on him too long. You saw him just in that helpless state. I mean, I'm happy to hear uh, he came out saying his CT scan was negative, but he may have tore something in his knee. I mean, that's the worst thing he could have dealt with with a KO finish like that. So, I mean, more power to Nico Price, who, I mean, dude's never going to be champion, but he is going to put out some vicious finishes in there. Uh, Mike, how do you feel about i guess james vick's future at 170 and then also just how sensationally of a finisher is nico price
0: oh man that the sound that james vick's jaw made when nico price hit him with that heel was deafening man i mean like i it will stick with me forever i knew he was gone right then and it was just bad and it was a uh, it was amazing man i knew we both Said that his, he had no chin. He wasn't gonna like the pressure that Nico Price brought, and he didn't. I mean, the, the fight started, and he backed him up against the cage, and was swinging on him, knocked him down on his, I think, his back, and then Nico got knocked down, I believe, and then was on his back for a second, and then uh, finished it. But James Vick uh, should probably stop fighting. Um, he, he, I, I just don't see why he would fight anymore. he, he just doesn't have it. You know, there's people that do and they don't. There's people that fight a long career and they don't get KO'd as badly as he had in the last few. So for his health benefit, his future future health, he needs to stop fighting. Um, If anyone loves him, they should tell him that and have that Joe Rogan, Brennan Schaub moment. So maybe Brennan Schaub should go and talk to James Vick because he's not on the JoJo level.
1: Well, and that's the hard thing because you're in that spot James Vick at one point was nine and one at lightweight. That is just insane to me. And now he's I think he had the decision loss to Felder, the two KO losses, the stirk loss, that's four. So he's now nine and five. That's crazy. And I don't see tons of upside. I mean, I still want to see him to stay at 170, because at very least. I mean, he can maybe string some wing, uh, wins together fighting some guys the lower half of the division that don't have the KO power, and maybe he could build it back. But, I mean, you get fighters like uh, Nico Price in there, and they're just going to take him out. I mean, like, I don't know what he's got going on other than just striving to be a fighter. I mean, I know he's always talked uh, big about saving money and planning for the future and whatnot and following all those self-help money people,
0: but... Yeah, there's no way he's saving money if he lost all that money betting.
1: Yeah, well they have that one fight. But and with everything else, I mean, like it's not like he was making crazy money. I mean, he was uh I know it for sure, he was a top fifteen lightweight. At one point I'm pretty sure he was top ten. But I highly doubt he got any of those big paydays. Especially I I know he didn't win it, but I'm pretty sure he ended up with like a tough contract coming out. So he wasn't making that much for the first number of fights, so can't imagine he's making much more. I know he doesn't have his own gym, so I don't know. It's that ho- the uncomfortable thing talking about fighters and what are they gonna do after? Because I, Mike, I absolutely agree with you. Given the horrific losses he's had in the last like calendar year, he needs to step away. Like if I was his family member, I would ask him to step away. But where's he gonna go? I mean, I don't know if what kind of background he has in anything. So, I don't know. It's that, it's that hard part about these guys not making more money. Granted, I mean, the lower end boxers don't make as much money either. And that's happened for much longer. So, I don't know if that's going to get fixed. But, yeah, James Vick needs to find something else, man. Because, I mean, he's, will maybe get another call from the UFC. Only because he's been in the UFC for so long. But, he's lucky if he gets one more. And, I mean, hopefully they don't set him up with a power puncher. So now we now we got to go to the one fight the one main fight that we got wrong. And it's a main fight we got wrong because we bet on this fight.
0: God okay, we, damn it, dude. I can never we can never get the cherry, bro. Like like you said there's rare times when you call every fucking fight and then the one that you just were well, just like oh my god, is it really going to happen? And that just one fight always does it.
1: Well, and that's the funny thing cuz if we would have because we even talked a little bit about Betnico Price. We didn't really like the price on him because we thought he was going to be dog money. But even just say he was plus 100. So if he was plus 100, we would have likely bet Figueredo, Span. We would have disagreed on Rebus, so we would have just like chalked that one up to not no bet. We would have bet Price. And, I mean, the odds were ridiculous, but, I mean, we both leaned Joanna. Just it was the odds were kind of too big mm-hmm. to put her in anything. So yeah. it's like this was really the only fight that we were way off on. Because even the Anders fight was it was a no bet because they could go a million different ways. And then it just went the way we called. I mean, still with him winning, but barely. But I mean, yeah. kudos to Cub for keeping it up on the feet and laying hands. And I mean, I, I honestly kudos to Kron for keeping the strike uh, stats close because he was also putting some hands on Cub and just taking those body shots and walking like they did nothing. That, that, I was very impressed by that, that Kron was able to take those. Uh, the initial breakdown that both of you and I have for this fight, now to make it clear, we lost 1.5 units on this because uh, Kron was the favorite. Uh, he had dipped to minus 150, so we bet to win one unit. So that's 1.5 units down, so that's what we lost. But I still think the breakdown stands. If it would have gotten to the ground one time, Kron's tapping him. And I just thought of the course of 15 minutes, if all the people that had gotten Swanson down could get him down, Kron would. But I kind of forget how traditional Jiu-Jitsu, his traditional Jiu-Jitsu is, and it still hopes for like the body lock trip and like pawing to get, close and just leaving a lot of spots basically where you can get hurt and not like powering through or getting into an advantageous advantageous position to get him to the ground so that one's on me but again I still think even if they would have stumbled to the ground, Kron would have got the sub so I still would have taken that bet Um, obviously we lost it but I don't know, maybe in another year or two with a little more experience I would make that bet again what about you Mike?
0: Yeah, I mean he stood in there with uh, Cub, who's been in there with a, a ton of guys, and so he's so much experience. Cron's, uh striking was just you know just wasn't diverse enough uh, and uh, th- so then that lack made his wrestling and takedown game uh, lack too because there's nothing to throw cub off balance because if your shots that weak and then you don't have any punch to make you get t- to to stum- make them stumble, it really makes it hard for you to get a takedown. But uh, it is what it is. We take losses like men and uh, you know that's just 1.5 down but we won two, so we're back up 0.5 and uh, still positive on the show.
1: Okay, now moving on to the main event. Joanna wins a clear decision over Watterson. Uh, the volume was a big factor like I brought up. Uh, obviously she was a steep favorite so it's kind of how a lot of people thought it was so that breakdown wasn't Breaking anyone's minds with how uh, varied it was, but obviously uh, she did it. She still had a little meanness to her. She layered her combos late and just started stacking up offense like she used to. She's a little bit more defensive minded, which I like. I do think it's crazy, and it's because of her name value that even just after this win, they're already talking about throwing her for the title. And it just proves, like, with, with how long she like reigned, and how not how thin the top is, but like how since Rose is kind of not talking to anyone and kind of in the ether and, um, we got our new champion. It's like th- there is an opening for, her. I can see that, but I don't know. I guess this also proves Waterson definitely is too small for the division. Like we talked about, but we don't have a one Oh five division and she's just never going to be to that level. So I, I don't know where she goes from here. If she still fights or not, that is up to her. Um, I mean, she could hang her hat on that she was an Invicta champ at one point, point. she could keep fighting, I guess, if she makes enough money at it, because in general, she's not she's not taking too much damage. She took damage in this fight, but in general, she doesn't take too much damage. She has pretty good defense, and she's still incredibly competitive and will win versus the bottom half of the top ten. So, Mike, what's your opinion on the Joanna performance, and like, do you think she's ready for a title shot next, or do you think that's rushing it because it's only after one win, or just like, who would you like to see her fight
0: next? Um, I mean, that was Joanna looked good versus a hundred five pounder. She's she's not ready for a championship bout again. I mean, she she still has a weak chin and she's not gonna take damage well. And the girls up in the upper echelon right now are very very tough standing, and so I, I just don't see it. But if she wants to do it and they want to give me a decent number betting uh, against her, I'll I'll gladly do that because uh, uh, Li Jiang or whatever her name is, uh, she'll beat her. And uh, Andraja, I think, could possibly beat JJ. I I, I don't I don't have that much faith, uh, faith in JJ anymore. No,
1: I could I could definitely see that, especially with. The talent at the top of the division, I mean, the only way I would have seen if she would have been able to get the title shot if uh uh why am I spacing the champion that just lost at one fifteen um Jessica, and, sorry, Jessica Andrade. If you can't notice, my brain's been a little mushed the last couple days. We're, we're working through it. Uh, but if, if she was still champion, I could see it uh, as a rematch since Joanna beat her so soundly the first time around. Uh, I would be very much into that fight. But otherwise, yeah, I agree. There's She's not quite as good as she once was, but she still is much better than the majority of the division. Now, as Mike said, we... One two units and lost to 1.5. So we are plus 0.5 total on the event. So it's still plus money. And our podcast total, uh, we're going to start bringing that up in the show. Uh, still deciding if we're going to do it here or at the end of the show. Uh, but currently we're doing it here because uh, it's ready right for the event total. But uh, our podcast total is plus 1.4 units. And that's just going back. This is episode five. So since episode one. Um, if you remember we have basically two pushes two wins two losses and we were two and one this time so you know we're, we're doing we're doing pretty good for this really in the show so i'm really happy with those results and uh normally at this point we would do news and announcements whether that be a fight announcement or a bit of news that can transition us into ufc boston but again we're just going to skip this part. Uh, a decent amount of news dropped, but nothing I want to get uh, seriously into and nothing in my mind that easily transitions over. So the first fight we're going to cover, uh, we have a bet on. This is similar to the last event. The two fights we're going to cover are going to have some bets on them. Uh, but the, f- the first fight is uh, Kyle Bochniak, uh, Massachusetts native uh, here in UFC Boston, is currently minus 135 versus uh, Sean Wooden. Who is a 6'2 145 pounder, which is an insane ratio. Uh, he is a Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series alum. He got a KO over t- uh, Terry Kinney, Terrence Kinney, and now he's fighting Kyle Bakniak in his backyard um, uh, at plus 105. A little surprised the line. No, it's not plus 105. Plus 115, sorry. Looking at a different fight. Kyle Bosniak um, in his hometown. I think he's got a lot of things etched on his side. But, Mike, since this is your bet, I'm going to give you the full reins of this breakdown.
0: Go ahead. Yeah, um, Kyle Bosniak is a brown belt on jiu-jitsu, and he's also a a very good striker that comes with a lot of volume um the only his last two fights in the u f c have he's lost, and they've both gone to decisions. one was worth versus Zabit, and was a fight of the night and If anyone saw that fight, the damage that he took and gave out was amazing, and a lot of people would have not been able to even stand two rounds of that, let alone three and so I just think Kyle has way more experience in the octagon. He has uh learned so much in the fights he's lost. And I, I think that this newcomer has a uh, has something coming for him. I, I don't think they I believe he's a a blue belt in jiu-jitsu. I don't I don't think he's going to have the jiu-jitsu game for Kyle. And I think that Kyle's going to be able to get in there even though the other guy is 6-2. The beat was taller than him, and he still uh, was managed to get in there and throw some bombs. So I think that if this goes to decision, it could be a a, a fight that Kyle uh, edges and wins. And if it's super close, that the judges can give us that. So I want to lay down the. I believe it's was a it one point four uh, five.
1: One thirty five.
0: One thirty five. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to lay down the 1.35 units to 100 on Kyle Bozniak for his experience, his aggressiveness, and his uh, jiu-jitsu defense uh, should be there. So uh, I think it's a great bet.
1: Yeah, I get what people are thinking to a degree with Darren Stewart, one of the lines a little – sorry, next fight – with Sean Wooden uh, with how close it is because I agree. I think uh, think Bozniak should be at a much bigger favorite, but his – his KO win in the Tuesday, in Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series was the guy coming in for a takedown and him lifting up and getting a knee KO. So I don't know if you're thinking that's going to happen to Kyle, but we don't. <laughs> um, uh, the next fight is actually the next bet on the card. This is Darren Wynn at minus 125 versus Darren Stewart at plus 105. Now, this is my bet. I'm betting on Darren, uh, Darren Wynn. I'm sorry. That's two different spellings of Darren right next to each other. Is really messing with me. I apologize. Uh, Darren Win at minus uh, 125. I really like that number. I'm surprised that he's as low as he is. Uh, I understand he was a huge favorite last time out, and it was a little closer than people thought it should be. So rather than a minus 300 favorite, he's a minus 125 favorite. Um, I think Darren Stewart looked even though it was a split, looked a bit really bad against uh, Edmund uh, Shabazian. If I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, but Shabazian was able to control, and a few of his other past opponents were able to control Stewart against the fence, really be able to uh, initiate the clinch and pin him up there. And since Darren Wind is one of the main training partners of DC, and he's kind of like his protege, I think he'll be very comfortable in that spot, uh, as well as just straight being able to take him down. I mean, Stewart's been... Uh, finished on the ground in the past and I don't see him being able to last too long if they're there for too long. So uh, I'm going to give this to Darren Win. Uh, I have .125 units on him to, to win one unit. Uh, Mike, how do you feel about the Battle of the Darrens?
0: Well, Darren, when uh, I've been high on two with you, he's uh, DC's little protege. And I think that He's just got an amazing, amazing wrestling and pressure up against the cage, so I think for uh, three rounds that's going to be a, uh, it's going to be I think a grind fest and the most likely a decision win for Darian Win. So I like your pick that you're taking here because I love wrestlers and anytime you get a, a world class wrestler versus a whatever wrestler, I uh, I'll take that. So I love this pick that you got and uh, I'm going to ride it with you,
1: Greg. Hardy is back. Yes. Twitterverse please argue back and forth on his character as a person. <laughs> we are just going to focus on him as a fighter cuz don't want to get into it. Greg Hardy is currently minus 300 versus Ben sasoli at plus 250. Now, Greg Hardy is taking a step down after having a great last performance. Uh, The only thing I'm confused about was originally he was supposed to be fighting in Singapore and he got moved to Boston. So I'm not really sure why that happened or why he's now fighting in Boston, but whatever. He is fighting a guy that at one point got so exhausted from beating up his opponent that he laid on the ground. And when asked to get up for the position, he physically couldn't. And the fight was called due to exhaustion. That guy is fighting a former NFL pro bowler. This is going to be an entertaining fight. <laughs> uh, Hardy is just going to smash this dude uh, probably early. Uh, if you like under one and a half, I say go for it. Pretty sure last I checked, that's minus 155. So a little steep, yes. But Hardy in the distance is minus 230. And he's likely going to finish it in the first round. Because Sosali doesn't have gas for more than a round. So... We'll see how that goes, but I mean, Greg Hardy's going to get a finish, and a bunch of tw- Twitter people are going to get upset. So, I guess it's a good day. Uh, Mike, do you have a breakdown of this fight? Um,
0: sorry, glitch for a second. Oh, which fight was this again? This is uh, Greg
1: Hardy versus oh, Ben
0: S- Greg, Hardy. Yeah. Greg Hardy's going to smash this, guy, this nobody that no one even knows. Obviously, this is they're just either taking Greg Hardy around the USA tour and just letting them beat up people like a circus freak show. So this is going to be another moment. I'm surprised the line isn't even crazier. Um, the easy, easy parlay piece.
1: No, I agree with that. I honestly think you're, you're pretty safe with that. Um, I haven't necessarily found anything I would probably with, so I'm not there right now, but I don't know. I guess that under one and a half, Might be a thing worth doing. I guess I'll look at that and see where I'm at towards the end of the card. That might be something I add later. And again, I will remind everybody, keep your eye on Twitter. We give out all of our official picks at the end of the podcast. Even though they were mentioned earlier, we will recap them at the end. So you can mark them down if you need to. Um, But also sometimes we have secondary bets that we will post on Twitter and also share. Only the ones that we list on the podcast will go with the podcast and the podcast total. Other ones are just individual plays that will come up. So if you want a little more action, there's a little more action for you. Now, Joe Lozan is fighting again in Boston. The Massachusetts native Lozan martial arts gym owner all around Greek Geeky, nerdy, great guy that everyone loves since way back when in tough is fighting from what I've heard is going to be his swan song here in Boston. He's currently a plus 130 underdog versus someone who I have barely heard of, Jonathan Pierce, who is minus 150. Not saying those odds are not justified. I'm just saying... Lozan is in Boston, he'll get some heavy favor there, and if he can, his chin can hold up, he might actually be able to pull this off. Many of you might remember past issues where Lozan has brought up stuff going on with his son, who was severely sick when he was born, them dealing with that. And, I don't know, I want Lozan to win. Will he win? I don't know, I don't know if he's completely shot or not. I guess we will see here. Uh, hope he gets that win in Boston, and I do hope he gets the win and just walks away. That'd be my dream for him. But a lot of times, retirement fights in your hometown don't quite go the way that you want. Mike, how do you feel about Lozon's last-ditch effort for his win in Boston?
0: Um, I, I I was going, but I'm was going back and forth on uh, just fading Lo, Lozon as he uh, went out of the UFC. Uh, I've done pretty well, and I think that. This is a weird one. And I think they're trolling us. And I'm going to go with uh, Joe Lozon. I just don't think that uh, this, this newcomer has the experience to take out a uh, veteran like Joe Lozon in the an octagon. And so I would say that uh, as Joe Lozon would probably be the safer bet.
1: We will see. Uh, like I said, I'm really hoping Lozon pulls off the win. Will he get it? I guess we will see. Um, Now, Macy Barber, the self proclaimed future champion of the division, the self proclaimed future youngest champion ever, is minus 135 against Jillian Roberts, who is at plus 115. Macy Barber is got a lot of bravado, but you know what? She backs most of it up. She is a come forward. Come at you, fighter. She's looking for the finish. She wants the finish. She's gunning for the finish. She's got some power in her hands. She's got crisp combinations. Her defense is a little lacking, but when you're this early in your career, that's just something you're going to experience. Uh, Jillian Roberts, I think, is better on the ground. Could have issue if it gets there. But I don't know. I could see Macy Barber just coming across the cage and putting some serious hands on Jillian Roberts and taking her out early. That's her main game plan. So I'm not betting this fight in general, but if I had to pick, I would say Macy Barber gets the finish here. Mike, what's your opinion on Jillian Roberts versus Macy Barber?
0: Uh, I uh, Macy Barber, I, I like her uh, aggression, and she's she's got a good ceiling. She's young. So I, I would take uh, Macy Barber because she has a, a more diverse striking compared to Jillian Robertson's uh, not. But Jillian has, I think, it does have a little bit sharper ground game. So, uh, But I don't think it will matter.
1: In the co-main event, the former main event of UFC Mexico, Jeremy Stevens gets payback for his eye at minus 115 for Shariro Rodriguez, minus 105 for throwing a hissy fit in the cage after the fact and trying to go to blows with Michael Bisbing. I have a rule um, when fights are scrapped and rescheduled for fairly quickly after the initial fight. They are an automatic no bet for me, mainly because I do not know how the fighters were after the fight. Get like the adrenaline dump if they have they're basically going to have to peak twice off a of one fight camp, how much downtime do they take in between. There's there's a lot of X factors. I do think the dynamics of this fight changed because now it's a co-main event, so it is three rounds instead of five. Uh, originally, after he hit plus money, I had a bet on your Rodriguez at plus 100. I'm currently staying away from this fight now. I do not like his reaction afterward in the cage, and if anything, I would start to lean a little bit t- more towards Jeremy Stevens because I think he is absolutely in Yair's head now. And I feel like Yair is someone that cannot handle that type of mental warfare. So I know that wasn't a huge breakdown, but if you want a more in-depth breakdown, you can go back to our UFC Mexico preview, which should be the episode one of this show, actually, on our YouTube. We break it down a little bit more. Yes, with a heavier lean towards Yair Rodriguez, but all the other facts are there. So, Mike, how do you feel about this? Not really a rematch, but kind of a rematch, co-main event.
0: Oh, man. I mean, we were both on Yair last time, and I felt confident about it. And then he went in there and acted like a complete idiot and uh, unprofessional moron in front of his whole country. So I, 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 want, I want Stevens to whoop his ass now. So I, would, uh, I, I wouldn't say to pick this or that, but I, now, now I think that if there was two people fighting in the street, that Jeremy Stevens would uh, end up uh, eating Yair for lunch. But uh, that that doesn't mean nothing in MMA. I just think that uh, Stevens is meaner and that he's in Yair's head, just like you said. So uh, it's going to be a great fight.
1: You have a bet on this fight, or just going with the pick?
0: I uh, just going with the pick. No, no bet. No,
1: oh, I got you. I hear you. Um, in the main event, Chris Weidman, similar to his. Pee in a pod. I don't know how else to refer to them, but they, they're kind of eternally linked. Uh, Luke Rockhold and jumping up to 205 to ignite a stalled career and hopefully fight for another belt. I get the feeling that the same thing that happened to Luke Rockhold, or maybe not necessarily a KO loss, but a similar thing is going to happen to Weidman up a weight class. Uh, I understand that way back when, this is why he originally got his hype in the UFC to begin with. Way back when, he beat a who's who of UFC fighters in wrestling when they were in college in the division where most of them moved up to 205. He dropped down to 185. If I recall correctly, he beat Bader. He beat Phil Davis and at least one or two other Uh, UFC light heavyweight mainstays when they were in college because they're all around the same age. He burst onto the scene at 185, started stacking up wins, stacking up finishes, beat Anderson Silva, and then just started to slow and get damage and he would be winning 100% of the fight and then just get completely flatlined. The last time he looked good was versus Kevin Gastelum where He just smushed the kid to the ground in the latter half of the fight and controlled him and took advantage of him. That was before Gasolim really, I think, bulked up for 85, because I really do think he did. I still think he's a little bit too small for the weight class, but at least he started to fill out a little bit. Um, I don't know. I think this is not going to be good for Weidman. I think he's just taking so much damage. Uh, Originally, I did like uh, Dominic Reyes for a bet, who he seems to be shooting up in this division. I do think he lost to Ozdemir, but that's fine. Um, I do think he's the faster, more explosive, stronger, uh, more opportunistic, opportunistic finisher in this fight. Wyman does have the wrestling. I do think Reyes either can uh, stay on his feet or get right back up. Uh, over five rounds, it's going to be tricky to see because we don't know what Weidman's cardio at 205 looks like. I doubt it's going to be what it was at 185, but he's definitely not going to be as light as his feet at 205. And I don't know. I, 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 originally, Dominic Reyes was a little bit lower uh, money-wise, and I liked him at a bet at that price at minus 150 or a lower. Getting to this minus 170 range, I don't, I don't feel comfortable laying that much on him just because I could – See a possibility of Weidman taking him down and holding him down. Will that keep going? I don't know, but I don't know. Uh, In general, I'm picking Reyes. I think uh, over the course of however long his tenure at 205 is, I think Weidman's 205 jaunt is going to be a failure. Uh, I agree it's something he should have done, but kind of too little too late, similar to what's going on with Vic. I think he should have done it two years ago, just like I thought Vic should have moved up to 170 two years ago. So it's going to be a great fight, a lot of action, a uh, good chance for a finish. Uh, most of this fight card is. It's going to be very exciting. Fast-paced fights, good chance for finishes. But uh, in the end, it's a pick Reyes, but I'm staying away from a bet. Mike, how do you feel about the main event of UFC Boston?
0: Uh, I think that uh, Reyes is younger, faster, and stronger, and I think that he should win the fight. But I think that Weidman has such good jujitsu that if he get in wrestling, that if he gets him down, that we could have some trouble pretty easily. Uh, so it's it's a tough one, man. Um, I'm gonna go with Reyes because uh, Chris Weidman I don't think has the power to or the chin to receive the damage or. The, uh that reyes is poss- could possibly throw at him so i think that uh reyes could win this by ko tko
1: now that was ufc boston so to quick review our bets for this card obviously keep your eye open uh to our twitter accounts and to the ma for money twitter account because more bets may or may not be shared for sure they'll be shared from the site but more may or may not be shared from me and Mike here, but at least the two on here are a bet on Kyle Bokniak at minus 135 to win one unit and a bet on Darren Wynn at minus 125 to win one unit. These are two bets for this card. Again, we are plus one four units as a podcast. We will do our best to grow that for you guys and win you some money. Now, Mike, before we say goodbye to the good people, is there anything you want to ch- them to check out, like your uh, barbecue Instagram or anything like that? Give that a little shine?
0: Uh, man, you, could, you guys could always go to Instagram and add my uh, barbecue catering company. It's uh, called Copes Q, K O P E S Q. I uh, just love uh, cooking things uh, southern style and slow and slow, so just check out the content when you can.
1: Yeah, check that out and Again, anytime you want to talk to any of us about MMA, UFC, Bellator, any of it, you name it, just because we don't cover it all in here, doesn't mean we don't watch it and know it. So hit us up on Twitter. Uh, Please subscribe to this YouTube channel. Uh, It will be growing tremendously over the next six months to a year as we add more things to it. can finally link the full-blown podcast to it and a bunch of other things. So thank you all for the support. Enjoy the fights, and let's make some money.